Hey, Al. Hey, Barry. Why are necromancers not always bad guys? Why? I mean, sometimes some of them just want to raise a family in peace. It's time for Compelled Duel. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Compelled Duel. I'm Barry. And I'm Al. And we are a single-player, co-DM'd, 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. Previously on Compelled Duel. It becomes increasingly obvious that Leo's path to recovery is going to be a pretty long and gnarly one. This is this one's clan. This is brother of mine. Uh, grandmother and the babies. Father and I had a pretty fundamental disagreement before I went to Vogwader. It didn't go well. I'm sorry I never gave you the information that you needed to keep yourself safe. No matter how much we were at each other's throats our entire lives, I was still your big brother. I'm sorry I wasn't a better one. We train for, uh, in common is, uh, uh, you could say, uh, the games. When you say there's a prize, this prize wouldn't happen to be an amount of money that one could rent out a ship for? Last year, winner was Katya of Clan Mistful, she who rode the snapping turtle. She has boat. Perhaps boat is involved in prize? You ever get to thinking that maybe we're just not meant to have good things? Every day of my life, let's keep walking. And then, something really weird happens. You see the clouds start to warp in a way that doesn't make sense. You know, you saw a ship, a lighthouse, a sword, and something with wings. But that's about all you can get out of it. If we get out of here, what happens next? I guess we find a boat, we get out of here, and then we decide what both of us want going forward, which is new. We pick up a little over a week from where we last left the Valsine siblings and their companions. Fee, you have been on this bunny for way too damn long. This one's entire clan has been making their way through the vast forests of central Oskaya for many, many days now. You are riding behind your brother in the saddle of Snuggles, the Highland Battle Bunny. Not to be confused with Cuddles, the Highland Battle Bunny, who is riding several yards ahead of you, with this one and Ilva on his back. Leo is not the most ideal traveling partner. He complains a lot. He's just got one arm looped through the reins going, God, I'm so sweaty. I want to take a bath. I want to stop. If it's any comfort, I also want you to take a bath. He's sitting right in front of you, so it's no problem for him to just elbow you in the stomach as hard as he can. He's gonna give him a nuggie. (laughs) He squawks in protest. I've only got so much decent hair left, I already cut all of it off, stop! 
with him in a chokehold. Fee says, you made this a physical altercation. You started it. The two of you, I think, just start slapping at each other. In front of you, Ilva turns around in the saddle where she's been holding onto this one's waist and goes, Enough! We are almost there. You must conduct yourself with dignity at the games. Yeah, Leo, conduct yourself with dignity at the games. I'll fucking kill you. (laughs) He whispers it quiet enough that Ilva can't hear him. You continue riding forward for another several minutes. The mountainous terrain that you've been working your way up reaches a peak and then dips down. And as you emerge from the tree line of this great forest of massively tall trees, you now see that you are looking down into an incomprehensibly large valley that is mostly a clearing. And that is because most of the water and natural resources in this valley seem to be going to this absolutely wild tree that is in the middle of this valley surrounded by a shallow lake. The diameter of the trunk of this tree is easily the size of Market Square in Velental. And from the mountains surrounding the rest of this valley, you can see other caravans of different clans making their way down into the valley toward the tree. You see a big group of Goliath coming down from the north. There's some Janasi coming in from the east. Looks like pretty much everybody who's anybody in Oskaya is here right now. Fee kind of scopes out what numbers we're looking at as far as people. Well, I hope we weren't expecting this to be easy. Leo kind of laughs and shakes his head and goes, Never is, is it? Point taken. You guys make your way down into this valley. The tree just gets crazier the closer you get to it. You see twigs, and I say that very loosely, that have fallen to the ground that are big enough to cut up and build a house out of. The battle bunnies navigate this all expertly. It seems like a lot of these animals and the people handling them have been here before. And the closer you get to the trunk of this tree, a veritable smorgasbord of activity is happening. There are people setting up market stalls. There are folks that are training in any open patch of ground that they can find among the roots of this great tree. Again, it's mostly a mix of Fearbolg, Goliaths, Genasi all kind of people that you've had encounters with since you've been to Oskaya. You do see a couple humans and dwarves and stormfolk milling around, though. Ilva kind of looks back from Cuddles' saddle again and goes, The sailors, they, uh, sometimes they come to watch, and sometimes they come as, how to say in common, side hustle. You keep moving. The battle bunnies are all ridden into a pen, and you guys dismount. You are at the games. There's a big marketplace set up sort of outside the tree. You could smell a lot of cooking festival food. It smells like a lot of fried goods. There are several other vendors that are setting up shop here, and there's a huge 
hollowed out entrance between some of the intertwining roots of this great tree, it looks like the inside of this tree is actually hollowed out. You see a lot of people moving in a relatively hurried manner in through this opening in the roots. It looks like this is the place to be and that there is something about to be happening soon. I'm going to nudge Leo and then nod towards it and say, so we should probably go in there, it seems. Inside the giant tree. Yep. Okay. He hops down out of the saddle and follows you. You see Ilva in this one kind of laughing behind you guys as they see how shell-shocked you are. Yeah, it's a bit of an adjustment. Yeah, we go inside the tree. You walk inside this tree, and it is cavernous inside. The whole trunk of this tree has been hollowed out from bottom to top. You're not really sure what's still keeping it alive. You think that there might be something magical going on there. Within this hollowed out space, there is a large pounded dirt floor. There are more market stalls set up. You see this one haul a couple big duffel bags over to an empty stall and start pulling out blocks of soap and just setting them up. I'm going to help them with that. Leo is just standing there jaw dropped looking around at the inside of this tree. You help this one unload their soap, you get the stall set up, and that they shepherd you and Leo both up into these long wooden benches set up in risers, looking down on a large circular stage in the center. In the distance, you hear drums start. A big, pounding drum beat, and then over the drums comes the low drone of bagpipes into this tree from the front entrance walks a council of very old looking goliath fearbolg and genasi folks followed by the biggest most intimidating lady you've ever seen in your life she's like eight feet tall Buff as hell, completely bald, has a lot of cool tattoos on her face, kind of like Ilva has. You see a lot of design similarities in her tattoos between her and Ilva. As she marches up onto the stage, this one leans over to you and Leo and goes, This is Katya of Clan Mistfoot. She who wrote the Snapping Turtle. She won games last year, so she starts games this year. Yes? Got it. So you watch Katya of Clan Mistfoot, she who rode the snapping turtle, take a couple large confident strides up onto this stage. She reaches up around her neck and removes a very ornate golden torque. She places it on a raised platform in the middle of this stage. There is a big fanfare of drums and the bagpipes swell to a crescendo and then stop, and all around you people are applauding. There's a lot of giantish going on. You're not really sure what is happening. Like any tourist at a festival where people are speaking a language that she does not speak, Fee just nods. Ilva sees you looking a little bit lost, and she leans over from your other side and goes, The games are now officially open. You can go register for events outside. I have some people I need to go talk to. So, love mine. Can you run this soap booth by yourself for ten minutes? 
This one narrows their eyes at her and goes, If this one knows who you are talking to, will be longer than ten minutes. But go. Ilva mutters something mutinous to herself and giantish, and then shepherds the two of you outside of the tree. Ilva leads the two of you outside. You watch her just scan the crowd for a second, and then charge through the crowd at a couple of people. Oh, okay, okay, uh, uh, we lost Ilva. I assume you follow her. <laughs> yeah, as best I can. I'm grabbing Fee by the sleeve and just tugging her after me. You end up having to push past a couple people. Ilva stops, plants her staff in the ground in front of these three people. You see a very small, wiry-looking goblin lady with short, close-cropped hair, wearing very practical sailor's garb, and two of... Actually, Leo doesn't know what Stormfolk looked like, so... This, like, wiry, narrow-faced, kind of twitchy-looking dude. And this very round woman about his age, with long curly hair and a very practical braid. They look almost elvish, but as the light hits them, they shimmer in a kind of weird way. They have what look to be, like, filmy, completely opaque eyes. And there's a weird moment where you think that this woman has dark hair and the guy has sort of lighter brown hair and the light shifts and his hair is like pink almost and hers is like this deep dark green and then the light shifts again and they go back this woman smiles first and you see just rows of shark-like teeth in her mouth leo's standing back taking all of this in and not saying anything to anybody but he does look at fee like oh Fee looks back and exaggeratedly mouths, Stormfolk. Leo's eyes get really big, and he goes, Oh! Again. Ilva is paying no fucking mind. She plants her staff at the ground and then just reaches forward and just grabs all three of these people in a huge bear hug. And this goblin lady, I think, starts talking first. Ilva, how the hell are ya? I think this goblin lady does scamper and, like, sit on her shoulder. This goblin lady is, like, very small. Your big experience with people of goblin heritage was Eleonora and, like, Jasper Shadestone off the council. She is significantly smaller than Jasper Shadestone. I think this woman is, like, maybe three feet tall. And Ilva just yells, My friends, it is so good to see you. And then this scrawny stormfolk dude, big grin again, rows of teeth, <laughs> says, Miss Skullcrusher, ma'am, were you planning on introducing the luggage? And then he nods at you and Fee. Leo raises an eyebrow at this dude, does a very polite little bow, and says, Well, this piece of luggage is Laurel Valsine, Grand Duke of Australia, and the carry-on is Ferora Valsine, Grand Duchess of Australia. Very nice to meet you. Roll an insight check. Dirty 20. As you say your last name, both of these stormfolk in front of you kind of look at each other and then look back. And there's a moment where it is clear that they know something, but they're not going to discuss it here. How close am I to Fee right now? You are right next to Fee. I reach down and grab her arm to keep her from moving any further forward as subtly as I can. She gives you kind of a confused look, but she was just standing there waiting for introductions. The moment passes, uh, this goblin lady on Ilva's shoulder says, Lovely to meet the two of you. She 
dramatically presses a hand to her chest and says, I am Nessa Valnock of the Sewell Merchants Guild and this asshole, and then she gestures at the Stormfolk dude, is Killian Cassidy. Don't pay any attention to anything that comes out of his mouth. The Stormfolk guy that you now know is named Killian raises a hand like he's making a toast and says, and how? Then she nods to the woman next to him and says, and that is the lovely, incomparable, radiant, and then the Stormfolk lady says, shut the fuck up, Nessa. And then Nessa says, Miriam Adler. Leo is still holding Fee back by her forearm and takes a step forward in front of her, kind of eyes the goblin lady up and down. Sewell Merchants Guild, you said. She kind of like furrows her eyebrows just a little bit and squints and tilts her head and says, I did say that, yeah. Haven't had the privilege of visiting myself, but I've had a few interactions with King Shadestone. It seems like he's running a pretty tight operation over that way. Nessa blinks, and then you realize as she's blinking that she has obviously had a couple of drinks today, and she boisterously just says, Oh yeah, you're King Silvertree's sugar baby for a while. And behind you, Fee says, Sugar what? Listen, sometimes we do what we have to to survive at the level of comfort that we are used to. Fee visibly holds back a laugh and just nods and goes, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we certainly do. At any rate, I certainly think that our Stormfolk friends over here can relate as well as we can to being far from home. What brings you two here? Miriam grins, sharp, sharky teeth, and says, Lovie, me and this idiot have been coming to the games five years in a row, maybe a bit more. Come for the entertainment, stay for, uh, and then she gestures at Ilva, the company. Mm-hmm. Well, wonderful to meet all of you. If you'll excuse my sister and I, we have some events to sign up for. Fee? Fee still has no idea what the fuck is going on. She just goes, uh, yeah. I drag her off by her arm. I have not let go. The Stormfolk guy, Killian, yells after you. <laughs> Lovely meeting you two. Mm-hmm. I get her around the closest corner I can, whirl her around, and go, so the Stormfolk know something. Well, Leo, they both looked closer to 200 than 150, so I'd be shocked if they didn't. I'm more interested in the sugar baby business. Nothing untoward happened. I was simply upkept in exchange for my company of a very, very old man who was very, very nice and gave me everything that I wanted. And every day I question why I chose to leave that existence behind. Well, from what I heard, you didn't so much choose it as you got chased out of a palace with a sword, but- We introduced ourselves, and those two looked at us like we had just set off a bomb. So I just think that we might want to be on our toes. He just says, well, maybe if we didn't walk around dropping the surname of the Australian royal family to everyone we meet, we would get less of those looks, Leo. Well, the last time I tried to use a little alias, your friend that you brought with you from Australia saw right through it. 
So I'm not really sure what you're expecting me to do in this situation, Ferrara, because it seems kind of like a damned if I do, damned if I don't situation. Most people weren't living in Valentol at the time that you drove a cart through a bar window. So Arave was sort of a unique situation. You know what? We'll talk about this later. Absolutely. Let's go sign up for some events or whatever. I go try to find where to sign up for events. You go and sign up for some events. There are six main ones. There are the feats of strength, the feats of nimbleness, the feats of fortitude, the running of the beasts, the playing of songs, and the recollection of deeds. I go up to the bookie, or whoever it is. Hi, yes, we'd like to sign up for all of these. Can we compete as a team? The person running the uh, event sign up. A big fearbulg earth genasi looking person with a bovine fearbulg nose and like moss coming out of their hair nods and says, If you compete as team, you agree to evenly split winnings, no roughhousing, no cheating. If you fight about it, you do it outside of the city. Yes? Yeah, sure. One of each event, and we'll figure it out from there. Thank you so much. This fearbulg person just hands you a couple tickets <laughs> for entry into the events. Fee very quietly says, so are you planning on both of us competing in these events? Because the feats of strength I saw a preview of and it's throwing a bunch of rocks and you can't, how do I put this nicely? You can't throw a marble right now. I think that we should divide these tasks according to our respective skill sets. I'm pretty fast. I took gymnastics when I was a little kid. I think that maybe I could take the feats of nimbleness, and this one taught me how to ride snuggles, running of the beasts, sounds okay for me. Playing of songs we could maybe do together, as long as it's not a repeat of Father's Birthday back when I was like 80, when you refused to accept that the accompanist should set the tempo. Oh, don't worry, Leo, if it becomes even close to a repeat of that, I'm going to beat you over the head with my flute. Well, that's assuming we can find a flute or a piano in the tree. But we can fake it till we make it. Uh, I don't know how well I'll do at the feats of fortitude, given that I've been on my back for the last couple months. But I feel like you could pick up the slack there, Fee, right? Fee sighs heavily. I don't know what the feats of fortitude are, but you'll probably be better at them than I am. And I don't really know what a recollection of deeds is, but I feel like both of us have had the most eventful year of our lives, so we should be pretty set. The fighting three elementals at once alone, I think we're set. Here, give me the- and then she takes the stubs for the uh, feats of strength and the feats of fortitude. Leo checks the timestamps on all of the ticket stubs for the entry into the events and goes, Okay, looks like you're up first. Good luck. Just try to channel all of your rage and frustration at me over the past couple months into the rock, and I think you should be fine. <laughs> okay, so now's the part where I, Barry, the DM, tell you, Al, the player, information about how the setup of the games is going to work like we're not co-DMing it, because we have people <laughs> listening to us who do need to know that information, and you pretend that this is a normal, organic conversation that we're having. I mean, I'm a dumbass, so you would have needed to remind me how the games are working anyway. <laughs> so, basically what we're looking at, there are six competitions, as we've discussed. 
There are way more than three people in each of these competitions, but we don't really have the mechanical ability to run everybody that's there. So we just have enough NPCs there to flush out a first place, second place, third place finish, essentially. Each contest will be decided by one relevant ability check. So in the case of the feats of strength, which you are doing, that is going to be an athletics check. You have the ability to get first place, second place, third place, or nothing. If you roll anything under a 10, you get nothing. If you roll from a 10 to a 14, you get third place. That will get you one point in the final scoring of the games, and you will also get a small monetary prize worth about 25 gold. If you roll from a 15 to a 19, you will get second place, and you will get two points in the final scores, and a small monetary prize worth about 50 gold. If you roll a 20 or over, you will get first place, three points towards the final score of the games, and a monetary reward worth 100 gold. So, if you roll below a 10, if you totally beef it, you get nothing for that event. You are trying to rack up as many points as possible, because that is how you win. So we have several NPCs that are also competing alongside you guys, including people like this one's brother, who we know is trying to win. So he's going to be trying to rack up as many points as he can, too. Because at the end of the day, the person with the most points wins the whole games. Some of these people are just here to be in one event, get their prize money, go home. But since you and Leo are trying to win, you're trying to accumulate as many points between the two of you as possible. So yeah, that's essentially how the games work. And we said we could uh, get advantage through things like Fee using her magic in this next event, right? Yeah, I would say that if you want to hit your rock with a thunder wave like you did back in the training montage that you did with this one's brother, yeah, I would say you could have advantage. Nobody else is allowed to help you. So, like, if you're in the ring for something that Leo's not signed up for, you can't get help from him. But you guys are signed up for a couple events together. And in that situation, you could give each other the help action. Okay, cool. Okay, so with that parting word of advice from your brother, you walk over to where people are lining up inside the tree for the feats of strength. The round wooden stage from the opening ceremonies has been cleared out, so it is just an open dirt floor. There are several very large boulders dotted at intervals along the ground and in the distance some measuring lines laid into the ground to see how far people can throw them. You step up into line and on one side of you, this one's brother closes in, gives you a good-natured clap on the shoulder that hurts a little bit, and on the other side of you, Miriam Adler, one of Ilva's sailor friends, the kind of short, round one with the dark, curly hair. She steps up, winks up at you, and says, Mind you don't break a nail, your worship. These can get pretty heavy. Fee grins super wide, and she says, Despite appearances, I have a bit of an arm on me. So I'm rolling athletics with advantage? Yes, if you are using the Thunder Wave to assist you with throwing the rock, you may roll athletics with advantage. That's an 18. Alright, so that will qualify you for second place. One thing I did forget to mention in our little rules breakdown is that if you tie for a placement with one of the other NPCs involved, it goes to sudden death, which is not factoring in any modifiers or anything. It is just opposing d20 rolls and whoever gets the highest takes the higher place. 
you get a hand under this rock as low key as you can blast it with a thunder wave. It's not exactly subtle. There is a loud boom of thunder. But much like Ilva told you in the previous episode, people don't really seem to care how you throw the rock as long as you throw it. From up in the risers, you see Katya of Clan Mistfoot kind of tilt her head to the side and look pretty impressed as this rock goes flying several yards away. This one's brother steps up to the plate with a roar. He rolled a 14. His rock lands well shy of yours. This big beefy fearbolg dude just heaves a sigh. <sighs> Is wounding to this one's ego to be beat by baby, but congratulations. <laughs> and he claps you on the back. <laughs> and then Miriam Adler steps up. Let me roll for her. So she and this one's brother are going to sudden death for third place. So let me roll for both of them. She rolled a natural 20, he rolled a 16. Her rock goes sailing through the air, it passes his rock, skids to the ground, still short of yours though. A couple more of the competitors go, you watch this really buff, scary looking Goliath lady hurl a rock and it goes clear across the tree and bangs into the wood on the other side. So you're definitely not getting first place. <laughs> and that's it for the feats of strength. Some people move in to start clearing up the event and get ready for the next thing that's going to be going down inside this tree. What are you doing? You said I got a monetary prize equaling about 50 gold? Yes, so the people running this event, they don't hand you money, but they do hand you several small, semi-precious looking gems. You're not a jeweler, but if you could eyeball it, you'd say they're probably worth about 50 gold in Australian terms, and you assume that you can use these as currency. So I think Fee and Leo have had to, with Ilva's help, presumably, kind of DIY their meds for the last couple months. Sophie is beelining her way to anybody who looks like they could be selling potions of any sort. Yeah, there's a medical tent that's outside the tree that looks like it's set up in case anybody gets hurt in the process of the games, but there is a wizened old earth genasi lady sitting in there just doling out band-aids and things to people she does have an apothecary's chest though you think you could probably get your meds handled oh boy oh boy am i doing that are you grabbing some for leo while you're here yes i'm not gonna make him sweat it out it only costs you like one shiny rock a pop to get these potions made it's not super expensive is there a possibility I could also get healing potions from this person, since Leo is no longer using magic? That is a really great idea, and one that I do recommend. However, your monetary prize was only worth about 50 gold. You spent two of that already on your medication, and the player's handbook says that one potion of healing costs 50 gold. Ah, yes. <laughs> the harsh realities of the medical system. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, then yeah, Fee's gonna leave this healing tent and then head off to find Leo. You run headlong into both of the Stormfolk sailors on your way out of this tent. They're not really doing anything, they're just kind of standing there shoulder to shoulder, Team Rocket style, eyeing you up. Pointy, shark-toothed smiles. Killian, the kind of little weedy-looking dude, grins a little wider and says, That was some impressive work back there, your magnificence. Although, we couldn't help but wonder 
why it sounded like a thunderstorm was moving in when you threw that rock. Fee laughs a little bit and reaches a hand back through her hair and goes, Well, there's nothing in the rules about not using all of one's natural talents, as it were. <laughs> oh, last, that's adorable. You think we give a rip about the rules? We were more, uh, interested in the aforementioned talents, and what those might be. Fia straightens her cloak on her shoulders, tilts her head, cracks her neck. Sorry to disappoint, but I'm not a circus performer. Killian looks a little put out by that, but Miriam just smiles even bigger, grabs him by the back of the neck like a kitten, and goes, Alright, Killian, don't push your luck. It's not your fault that her illustriousness can't handle a little bit of competitive curiosity. She winks at you again, and pushes Killian off ahead of her, and they both march off. Leo, what are you doing? You just minding your business between events? I go watch Fee, and I try to make a sign to support her. If I can find a big piece of paper, I'll make like a go Fee sign to hold up in the crowd. Yeah! <laughs> I steal some wrapping paper from this one's soap booth, and write, throw that rock on it in really big elvish letters, and just hold it up in the audience. So you watch Fee win second place at this event. <laughs> She kind of disappears into the crowd right after the event. And then you feel a tap on your shoulder a few minutes later. You turn around. Fee is visibly perturbed. I mean, in other news, a bear shits in the woods. She is glowering. She doesn't seem to be mad at you, but she's a little irritated. She just hands you a potion bottle, says, All right, so this is she's taken care of. <laughs> oh, is this? Yep. Fuck yeah! <laughs> yeah, I take my meds. She just kind of like pinches the bridge of her nose as you do that and says, If you manage to win this next one, we can probably get some healing potions, which would be good. Since the only person we know who has any healing spells is Ilva, and we will be shortly departing her company, if all goes well. Fair enough, I think that's an accurate assessment. I will try to... To win the thing? I don't know what the thing is yet. Have you seen what the thing is? As you're saying that, <laughs> roll uh, perception. Very good, 25. You see, uh, behind Fee, people are setting up what looks to be an obstacle course. Okay. No, you know what? I can do this. I'm gonna hype myself up. Alright, I've spent my whole life training sneaking out of castles for this. I got this. I'm small, I can get in the nooks and crannies that the others can't. I have a plan of attack. This is gonna be fine. Fee says, You know, there's this weird phenomenon when you talk where the more overconfident you are about something, the more dread I feel in the pit of my stomach. Leo is jogging in place, hyping himself up, and he goes, I'm not gonna admit that that's a mutual feeling right now, Fee. I've got my eyes on the prize. Fee just fully puts her head in her hands and says, Okay, well, there are four more events. Before you go, uh, much as it pains me to admit it, I think you may have been right about Ilva's friends having an issue with us. 
that's extremely unsettling. Let's backtrack to the you were right and just run it back one more time, please. You get it once, don't push it. All right, well, most gratifying moment of my life aside, I think we should try to stick close to each other and stay out of the competition's way. That seems like the most effective strategy to get out of here both with what we want and alive. Yeah, neither of us getting killed. Probably a good idea. And then she claps you on the shoulder. She is visibly tense. She says, go get him, tiger. Okay, you know what? On second thought, don't encourage me. It's weird. And I go walk over to the starting line. Lining up next to you, you see this one's brother, who is just out to win this whole thing. He is stretching, doing 7 a.m. in the park type calisthenics, getting limber. And on your other side, you see Killian Cassidy just, like, slowly stretching his back. Leo gets into line in between the two of them, looks back and forth, and goes, Am I the only one that stretched this morning? Immediately, they both just start yelling at you. This one's brother says, This one must be in top form! This one will win! And then on your other side, Killian says, Just you wait, lad. Eight hundred seventy. you start getting out of bed in the morning with your spine sounding like an out-of-tune loot. You'll understand. Leo turns over to this one's brother when he screams that he will win, nods, goes, how's that working out for you so far? And then turns back to Killian and goes, sorry, you're old. Let's go. <laughs> I'm going to roll to see if Killian trips you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't. You can't catch me. I jump over his foot. <laughs> Okay, roll me a goddamn acrobatics check. Oh, God. And here we see Lairel Valsine's trademark hubris once again come back to bite him in the ass. I just can feel the nat one in this die right now. I can feel it. <laughs> Eleven. Total? Total. <laughs> At least I got something. Killian rolled a 15, so he's gonna take second place. This one's brother, again, just gets, like, fourth place. <laughs> You take off, like, a shot over this obstacle course. There's, like, all kinds of weird shit. There's hurdles, and there's, like, branches coming out of the walls. There's a sink pit, like, halfway through. You jump over this pit because you, like, just barely see that it's starting to cave in a little bit. This one's brother puts his foot right into it. (laughs) He, like, throws an arm out and hits you in the stomach. (laughs) Not intentionally, just trying to, like, catch himself. You watch Killian Cassidy and a live Air Genasi woman both just sprint ahead of you right at the finish line. Shit, fuck, damn. Okay, I get across the finish line. I collect my prize and then go back to my sister with great shame. Fee has taken your lovingly crafted sign and on the back of it just written, Go Leo, (laughs) and underlined it once. And she is holding it up kind of half-heartedly as you approach she says so remember when i said that the more overconfident you are the less hope i have for the future i like to think that earnest effort should still be rewarded i got us some shiny rocks that you did we should go buy a healing potion yeah let's go do that we go buy a single healing potion because that's what we can afford (laughs)
And following that, the summons comes from outside the tree for everybody to assemble for the feats of fortitude, which, Fee, that is your competition. So you don't really know what's going to be going on here, but you do see people congregating around this big pool that surrounds the great tree. You see some of the competitors lining up. They look like they are all dressed to go in the water. Fee looks down at her skirt and says, Kimrel's fucking teeth. She has a skirt on over her major armor. She's just fucking taking the skirt off and handing it to Leo. And she's gonna take the cape and twist it a little bit so she can tie it around her waist so it doesn't get in the way. Leo, looking very sympathetic and a little amused, just reaches out to hold your skirt for you. He nudges you in the side with his elbow and goes, Just, uh, don't hold your nose when you jump in. It looks undignified. Fee raises her eyebrows at him and says, I don't need swimming advice from someone who spent his entire childhood in Valentall. I'm good. You know what? Point taken. You go over to the starting line where all the other competitors are lining up. This one's brother is there again. You're not really sure how Fearbulk know how to make Speedos, but it's a deeply uncomfortable experience. Ew. <laughs> He's stretching, doing calisthenics, getting limbered up. This man haunts and vexes me. <laughs> and on the other side of you, still in her sailor's clothes, Nessa Valnock, the little goblin sailor lady that you saw talking to Ilva earlier, looks up and up and up at you does kind of an upwards nod at you and goes, Hey, kid, uh, you haven't seen Killian or Miriam around, have you? They were supposed to be here at the first bell. Did I see Miriam around while the feats of nimbleness were going on? No. If she was in the crowd, you didn't notice her there. And you look around now, there's no sign of either of them. They seem to have disappeared. He says, not in a few minutes, no. Oh, well, more's the better for us. Stormfolk can breathe underwater. They would have had this one in the bag. And Nessa goes back to taking off her hat and her vest, getting ready to jump in this pool. You look back over to the crowd. Leo has the sign that you had written Go Leo on, and he has crossed out Leo and written Fee underneath it. <laughs> and is holding it up very enthusiastically. Fee laughs, and then she crouches and gets ready to dive into the water. There is a large blast on a horn, and everybody dives in. You get under this water. The water around the tree in this pool is very clear. You can see all the way to the bottom. And the ground under the water seems to be sloping down from very shallow to very deep. Along the slope of this sort of sandbank under the water, there are different sizes of large metal weights at different depths. You get the picture that the deeper you go and the bigger the weight you are able to bring up, that is going to determine how well you do in the competition. So what's going to happen is everybody competing is going to roll a constitution saving throw to see how long they can hold their breath in order to get one of these weights and get it up. So that's a con save from you, please. I rolled a nine. A nine total? Yeah, but if there was ever a time to use my rerolls on Gift of the Stormbringer, now would be it. I'll take the second place. That's an 18. An 18. Okay, absolutely. That does qualify you for second place. I'm going to roll for this one's brother now. 
He rolled a 12, so he might be coming in third. And Nessa gets a seven. <laughs> She's very small, so you watch her underwater as you just gun for one of these deeper weights. She's a very proficient swimmer. Obviously, she's a sailor. She has to be. But she gets her arm looped through the handle on one of these weights and tries to push off the bottom and just can't. And you're already swimming up with your weight in your hand, watching her still struggle with it before you see and hear her just curse underwater and swim for the surface with nothing. So this one's brother's going to take third place in this event and you are going to take second. As you make your way over to claim your winnings, you see the person that got first place walk over. It's not Killian or Miriam, but it appears to be one of their shipmates. Tall, stormfolk lady with her hair in braided pigtails and a tricorn hat, wet, still on her head. You see her kind of coughing as she hauls this weight over, and these amphibious gill kind of things below her collarbone flutter as she does it and spit out a bunch of water you can see that she was very clearly breathing underwater to go get this thing <laughs> you know what i i can't complain about it you collect your prize walk back over leo is excitedly jiggling his sign in the air he gives you a high five when you get over there and goes i feel a little bad for this one's brother though you guys both look over at him he is screaming at the sky just yelling yeah, he said he's been training all year, but I'm starting to doubt it. What if he has, though? That makes it even sadder. Oh, don't say that. That's just depressing. Welp, I guess I should go get Snuggles, because Running of the Beast is next. Leo looks extremely nervous. It's fine. The worst that happens is the bunny runs off and you fall out of the saddle and get dragged for a mile. Yeah, that sure is the worst thing that could happen, Fee. Thanks. But that's highly unlikely. <laughs> Leo just goes to get his bunny. She like cups her hands around her mouth and yells after him. Keep up the bad attitude. You're lucky you're when you're pessimistic. He puts one middle finger up over his shoulder. Leo, you make your way over to where they're setting up for the running of the beasts. It's just a whole bunch of people on these big tamed animals. <laughs> a lot of battle bunnies, some big skunks, some large badgers. You see a stoat that has two people riding on it. It's very weird. This one's brother brings over one of the big battle bunnies. Jaw set stubbornly. <laughs> just starts tacking it up. Leo's already up in the saddle on Snuggles. Reaches over and pats him on the shoulder. How you doing, buddy? He grumbles something mutinous and giantish and then says, This one brings dishonor to this one's clan. It's not about whether you win or lose, it's about how you play the game. I think you're competing very honorably, if somewhat ineffectively. This one's brother takes a very deep breath and says, This fun will have victory! Sure thing, dude. May the best bunny win. I ride up to the starting line. All these animals are lined up. You see, it's just kind of a very simple track. You're just going to have to run a couple times around the tree. And, like, try to navigate the turns on your animal. You see out in the crowd, Fee is holding up the sign. She has crossed out Fee on the backside of the sign and written Leo and Snuggles. <laughs> I give her a thumbs up. While I'm at the starting line, I'm gonna try to scan the crowd and the other competitors and see if I see Killian or Miriam anywhere. 
No. I mean, you're outside, so there's not a huge crowd. A lot of people have gone back inside to kind of buy some stuff, eat food. So it's not that weird. You don't see Killian or Miriam. You don't see Nessa. You don't see Ilva. Okay. All right. I lean down into Snuggles' ear and go, Listen, I'll get you as much lettuce as you want. The biggest fucking carrot I can find if you win this for us, okay? And the bell goes off. Uh, Roll me an animal handling check. Oh. 17. Okay, that'll get you second place. Let me roll for this one's brother. Ha! 22! Finally! (laughs) Good for him. You know what? Good for him. Yeah! You're doing the rounds of this tree. Slowly, ever so slowly, this one's brother's battle bunny pulls ahead of Snuggles. You hear him yelling in giantish. And the bunny skids across the finishing line about a head's length ahead of Snuggles. <laughs> he hops off the bunny, just starts yelling victoriously, arms up. He gets totally fucking slammed by all of his gym bros, just in a crowd. <laughs> As a mass, they converge upon him. <laughs> you know that thing that, like, football bros do when one of them scores really good? I don't know sports. Where they just go, huh, 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 huh. <laughs> Oh, I'm deeply uncomfortable around jocks. I'm going to go find Fee. I just yell, good game, and then head off into the crowd after I collect my winnings. As you go through the crowd, you can see Fee, like, bouncing on the balls of her feet, just holding the sign up. I still have Snuggles with me. I'm just leading him by the halter. Give the good boy his pets. Snuggles came through for us on this one. Fee does grab Snuggles the bunny by the ears and just, like, puts her face fully into the fur on his face. And just goes, oh, good boy, you did so good. Now do me. <laughs> she lets go of Snuggles and then she just spontaneously hugs you. <laughs> I didn't expect that to work. I'm very excited. Yeah, that's the first time Fee's ever hugged him. Leo blinks and looks very taken aback, but sort of awkwardly pats her on the back. Yeah, frankly, I didn't expect it to work either, but I'm really happy for this one's brother. He deserved a win. You pat Fee on the back. She, like, immediately snaps back out of the hug, looking very awkward, and goes, That was awkward and ill-advised. I'm still very excited. I mean, I haven't looked at the leaderboard in a couple events, but by my math, we should be pretty far ahead. Yes. Uh, and we have a decent amount of tradable currency, I suppose? So, even if we don't win, we should be able to pay passage somewhere. Speaking of tradable currency, this one's brother was talking about something they have here called a funnel cake, and I am enchanted. He brought up the funnel cake to you two? I don't know what it is. Would you like to go get funnel cake with me? Fee steeples her fingers, and then she says, Leo, I think we should go get funnel cake. Most excellent. I go buy us a big funnel cake and we split it. And Fee, with an ungodly amount of powdered sugar smeared all over both of your faces, you guys go to line up for the playing of songs. Do they not have a moist towelette? (laughs) I think this one snags you guys on the way by their soap booth and says, Wait, 
and then they lick their thumb and rub at both of your faces like a mom cleaning up some schmutz off your cheek. You want to look your best for playing of the songs? Stage presence is half the battle. Yeah, and the other half is finding a flute somewhere in this tree. And a piano, Leo chimes in. This one points a few booths down and says, Music vendors from Ivagorsk down there, if you wish to go shop. Very good. Yes. Theater starts, like, counting out semi-precious stones and goes, Probably we could could buy instruments. We'll be fine. Yeah, I don't think we're going to find a piano. Leo looks a little uneasy. I mean, it's been a while since my last harp lesson, but I can fake it till I make it, if we can find one of those. Fee pats him on the back and says, Confidence. Confidence is key here. (laughs) But you said when I'm confident, bad things happen. Yes, but this is both of us doing something, and if I'm not overconfident, I am going to fall on my face. Yeah, okay. Accompanist sets the tempo, soloist sets the confidence level. Come on. You guys wander down to this music booth. Alright, so I looked in the player's handbook to find the official prices for different musical instruments, and... Fee, you're probably going to get to lord this over your brother for a while, because your flute's only going to cost you two gold pieces, but for him to get a lyre, which is a small harp that he can play, it's going to be 30. So you guys spend your 32 gold and get some instruments, and go to the holding area for the people that are getting ready to go up and do the playing of songs. Miracle of miracles, wonder of wonders, this one's brother is standing there, holding a tambourine, looking unconfident for the first time in his life. But then you see Ilva walk up next to him, and she has this big clay ocarina-looking thing under her arm, and just pats him on the back. She sees you two and waves and says, Hello! We are competing as a team for this event only, because I do not want to watch my brother-in-law humiliate himself entirely. (laughs) This one's brother gives his tambourine a pitiful jingle. Um, Fee tries very hard not to laugh. I think she just puts a fist up to her mouth, just goes, Yep, uh-huh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes, you're doing very well. And then, reappearing for the first time in several hours, you see Miriam Adler walk over. She has a loot carried over her shoulder like it's a baseball bat. And just kind of easily sidles up to where you and Leo are standing there talking to Ilva and this one's brother. She kind of leans over and gives Ilva a friendly nudge and then turns back to look at you. Fishi makes direct eye contact with you, grins, and says, Well, ain't this a surprise? I didn't take you two for the musical type. She looks down at your flute and goes, Did they teach you how to play that thing up in your ivory tower, your magnanimousness? Leo, for the first time in his life, not really picking up on the social cue, goes, Actually, the correct honorific is your royal highness. Leo, please shut up. Leo plunks sadly at his harp, but he does shut up. Fee plasters on a winning smile, and she says, We have a bit of experience, yes, although I'm loath to brag about it. One could argue that it doesn't take that much talent to produce the god-awful caterwaul in the Australian music is, but I suppose art's in the eye of the beholder, ain't it? 
Well, and it doesn't take that great of a level of focus to produce a body shanty, but we all have our areas of expertise. Aye, that we do. And you seem a multi-talented woman yourself, what with the rock-throwing, flute-playing, and condescension. I'll see you on stage. She just turns around and walks off. Ilva looks back and forth between the two of you, very confused. She takes a very deep breath and says, I can't tell if I'm being antagonized or flirted with at this point. Ilva nods solemnly and says, If Miriam were not married, I would say both. (laughs) You know what? Fair enough. That settles that. Thank you, Ilva, for the uh, insight. Fee, go ahead and give me a quick perception roll before we do this event. That's a nat one, so I'm going to use another one of my rolls off gift with the Stormbringer. It's an 18, and perception is the only whiz skill I have proficiency in, so it's a dirty 20. Miriam's back, Killian's still not there. And he's, like, conspicuously absent, because you see a couple of their other shipmates milling around in the audience around where they've brought this big round stage back into the tree. It seems like pretty much everybody's hanging out in here to watch this event. But he's not there. I'm gonna roll for Leo and see if he picks up on that too. Yeah, he absolutely does. I think the two of you just share a long look. But the two of you are packed in pretty tightly with all the other participants in this competition, so you don't really have the opportunity to have a real discussion about it before the bell goes off to signal the start and people start going up on stage and playing songs. Everybody gets one song each. It's kind of a Eurovision thing happening up there. This one's brother and Ilva go up on stage. I'm going to roll performance for them. This should be good. He rolls with advantage because Ilva is helping him, but this still is not going to be fun. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a 14. You don't really know how that happens. He's trailing like half a beat behind of Ilva with this tambourine, but she's just getting him and dragging him through it, man. Ilva just shreds so hard on the ocarina that she carries her useless bandmate through to the end of this song. And it's very good. And then you and Leo are up. All right, so I'm going to roll performance with advantage. Yes, because Leo is helping you. I do think they're playing some stuffy Asherian shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm gonna use a roll-off gift of the Stormbringer. It's my last one for the day. Okay. That's a 24. Yeah, you guys play some stuffy classical promenade music and it just brings the fucking house down. Leo is not as good on the harp as he is on the piano, but he manages to carry it enough to give you a solid accompaniment, and yeah, you shred on the flute. You guys handily qualify for first place. But we will see, because Miss Miriam Adler is up next. She's not tall enough to shoulder check you on the way by, so she shoulder checks Leo instead, gets up to the top of the stairs, does a performative curtsy at both of you, and then whips out this lute. And let me roll performance for her. (gasps) She rolled a natural 20. (laughs) This lady gets up on stage, whips out this lute, plays the sickest sting lute riff you've ever heard in your life, and launches immediately into the bawdiest fucking sea shanty. About two pirates, a lifeboat, a desert island, and some very creative wordplay on the word booty. (laughs) 
and everybody in this tree is on their feet by the end of it. She just absolutely rocks the place. So that's two qualifiers for first place. Unfortunately, because of the rules we set up, you know, that nat 20 doesn't really give her any extra advantage. We are going to sudden death. So you're going to roll and I'm going to roll. And the highest roll on the d20 takes first place. I rolled a seven. I rolled a two. Okay, so she's going to take first place. That means that you guys get bumped down to second. But hey, second place still puts you in the lead for the games with nine points. So you guys are doing pretty good. Leo reaches up for another high five on the way off stage. Fee high fives him super enthusiastically. Fee is just having a good day and therefore has uh, forgotten how awkward physical contact with her brother is. Yeah, you guys got your asses handed to you a little bit at the end there, but you're still doing okay. And you still did a good job. And it was kind of fun playing music with your brother now that you weren't actively trying to kill each other during the process. Yeah. <laughs> so that's another 50 gold. We're in the lead. So the only event left is the recollection of deeds. Fee is, like, super jazzed. <laughs> she is bouncing a little bit. She goes, I'm going to go buy more funnel cake. I'm having fun. Who are you and what have you done with my sister? I'd be really mad that you said that, but yeah. All right, can you get me one of the funnel cakes and also one of the things, the, the breaded meat on a stick, the fried thing that they had? Yes. Okay, I'm going to go help this one with the soap. Yeah, uh, I'll meet you there. And she just nods to herself, bounces a little bit, and then goes off into the crowd. <laughs> Roll me perception. Uh, that's an 18. That'll do it, just barely. Leo, as you're moving through this crowd, you hear... It catches your attention because it sounds almost like Elvish. Like, not quite, but close enough that you can understand what's being said Miriam and Killian are kind of behind a booth and with that perception check you get kind of close enough to overhear them without them seeing you you hear Miriam saying look I don't like it any better than you do but if Katja goes dragging the Australians into Stormfront quarters right now with everything that's happened you know who will come to collect them and then you hear Killian just say I know I know Miriam says, if we don't want that kind of fight on our hands, and Killian interrupts, which we don't for the sake of the fleet and of every defenseless person on the Isles. Miriam says, we need to be a step ahead, alright? Someone has to tell the captain about this. Leo frowns and tilts his head to the side, and then plasters on a big, fake politically winning smile and takes a step around the corner of the booth. Hey, you two. Miriam, great job in the playing of songs. I had no idea that music in the Zephyr Isles was so... verbose. What's going on? We enjoying the festivities? Roll insight. 21. There is a moment where you come around the corner and they both tense up. And then they both visibly put effort into relaxing and just smiling. Killian says, Oi, Miriam's, uh, always had a set of pipes on her. Well played and well won. Uh, 
I was just wondering, I couldn't remember, what fleet did you two say you sail under again? They look at each other and laugh. <laughs> Miriam says, it's just the fleet, boy. The what fleet? She frowns and like shrugs and goes, it's just the fleet. Interesting. Well, I suppose we'll see you two at the Recollection of Deeds. It's getting a little tight there on the leaderboard. Just wanted to let you know no hard feelings when we beat you. I suppose we'll see you if we look over our shoulders. Sure thing. Leo walks off as calmly as he can, and then once he is out of their line of sight, he breaks into a run to go find Fee. You find Fee in front of this one's soap booth, still bouncing. She is slowly picking apart a funnel cake as she is relating the day's events to this one. (laughs) Hey, we need to talk before the event. Now. Oh, I... Okay. Uh, yeah, sure. And she lets you lead her away. Yeah, I'm gonna take her outside, as far out of earshot of anybody as I can get. Okay, so... Something really weird is going on with the Zephyr Isles. Fee frowns a little bit. She says, something weird's always going on with the Zephyr Isles. What? I just overheard our new friends talking about preventing us from crossing into Zephyr Isles water space at any cost, because apparently something bad is going to happen in that eventuality. Oh, okay. Uh, We just won't cross into Zephyr Isle's water space, then, I suppose. Fee, what's between here and Tordun? I'm not an idiot. I'm suggesting we go over the land after we land at Candlelight Wharf, Leo. Well, point A, I'm not so sure about the political divisions of international waters in that area. I don't know how close we'd be cutting it. And point B, I will be hunted down like a dog and killed if I set foot back in Tordun to put it very frankly. Then what do you suggest we do, Leo? Well, Killian and Miriam are already talking about escalating whatever this is to the higher-ups. I would think that preventing them from doing so should be our second priority after getting the hell out of here. Or maybe we just keep our heads down and hope for the best. I just figured you needed to be fully appraised of the situation. The frowns and says, I appreciate that. I don't think drawing further attention to ourselves by preventing the two of them from speaking to their superiors is the best idea. I think... <sighs> I think we'd have an easier time trying to smuggle ourselves through Tordan, if you want the honest answer. Leo curses and runs a hand back through his hair. Okay, okay, so if we want to take a land route, any way out of Candlelight Wharf is going to go through Stoutwood territory, which would be exceedingly dangerous for reasons I don't have time to discuss. If we can get as far as Lockham, I have some connections that can get us up into the mountains, and a place we could stay with someone who won't be very happy to see me until we can make our way back to Vogvoldurb. But it's the leg between here and Candlelight Wharf that's going to be the trickiest. I say we keep our heads down. Worst comes to worst. We can bribe some people to keep quiet. 
With our shiny rocks, yes. Do you have a better idea? No, stop reminding me that I don't! Then stop shooting my ideas down. Kimrels rattling metacarpals. Okay, let's just go talk about killing some elementals. Let's win this thing. Let's get the hell out of here. Absolutely. And you head off to the recollection of deeds. As you're getting there, this one's brother <laughs> goes up on stage and he pulls out from just this huge sack that he just drags on stage a clump of fur and a tooth. <laughs> from some ginormous animal, and victoriously he yells, This one has slain a raccoon. <laughs> There's just cheering from the crowd, and he just bows, and then he rattles off something long and grandiose-sounding and giantish. Everybody in the crowd who speaks giantish cheers as he's going. And then he bows again, and he steps off stage, and I'm going to roll <laughs> history for him. And that's a 22. Yeah, bud. Man, how deadly was that raccoon? Quite, it seems like. The tooth is large. <laughs> it is the size of his hand. Nessa takes the stage. She pulls out a huge, like, fish skull that has been carved into. Like, scrimshaw. It has just been carved into images of her chasing and then spearing this big fish. She's like three feet tall. <laughs> oh yeah, the skull is the size of her. <laughs> the last image has her just putting a knife into its eye. It's very badass. Leo leans over to Fee and goes, You know, I've heard of big fish stories before, but this is a little ridiculous. <laughs> Fee groans. <laughs> um, I'm gonna roll Nessa's uh, history. Yeah, Nessa did really good killing this fish. She's not a great storyteller. She is just like pointing out the pictures on this fish and then she very calmly says, and then I stabbed it. And she waits for applause and she says, in the eyeball. <laughs> and there's scattered claps. She got an 11. Uh, it wasn't good. And then Killian and Miriam take the stage. Miriam pulls out half of a ship's wheel that is just jaggedly broken with huge singe marks along where it's broken. And starts to tell the story about her and Killian having to pilot a ship together out of a lightning storm after the captain of their ship was knocked unconscious. There is a lot of weight to the way that she talks about this storm. Roll insight. 23. She is talking about the storm almost like reverentially and lovingly and admiringly. As she's telling the story next to you, Fee sways a little bit on her feet and she is listening intently. They keep telling the story, just this building tension of trying to get the ship to the eye of a hurricane as they were buffeted on all sides and the lightning was coming down on the deck. I'm gonna go ahead and roll history for them. I'm gonna roll with advantage because Killian is giving Miriam the help action. That's another fucking nat 20. 
damn these cool pirates. <laughs> okay, well, that means one of us needs to roll above a 20 to take it to sudden death, or they're going to beat us. Like, in the whole games, they're going to beat us. They're going to have more points. Fuck me. Okay. Are we up? Yep. Okay, plus three to end. Don't fail me now. I'm going to get up and start into the story about the elementals and the portal. As you start speaking, the intimidating Goliath figure of Kasha of Clan Mistfoot, she who rode the snapping turtle, very gravely intones, Where is your proof? I'm sorry, our what? You have no token of this deed. Well, yet the broken bodies of the elementals were a little hard to haul down the mountain. We do have witnesses to corroborate. This one, Ilva, he says, through clenched teeth, looking over to the side. Ilva does speak up, and she says, We have witnessed this deed. And Katya says, Witnesses can lie. We need trophy. God, we don't have anything. Nope. In a last desperate bid to stay in the competition, Leo takes his shirt off and shows everybody his scars and starts talking about the giant crocodile fight. Again, Katja just says, Scar is not token of victory. So, what? We're... You are disqualified from the recollection of deeds. Shit. I look over at Fee, just panicked. Fee is standing there wide-eyed. She opens her mouth, closes it. Her hands, like, flutter up around her head. She looks back at you. She goes, what do we do? Leo pulls her down off the stage. Okay, quick assessment. Unless there are any other elementals that are going to fall from the ceiling for us to fight and have a physical recollection of our fight with, we're up Shit's Creek. I mean, Miriam and Killian are going to win. They're going to get the favor. We're going to have to burn everything we've earned buying passage somewhere, which means that we can't buy our safety once we're in Tordun. We're fucked. We're royally, royally fucked. As you're saying that, someone comes running into the tree, just yelling in frantic giantish, and the entire collected group in this tree, in a moment of collective panic, start to pack up everything from the games. Are this one or Ilva anywhere? Yeah, they started approaching through the crowd as soon as you got off the stage. Everybody that doesn't speak giantish obviously doesn't have any idea what's going on, so you see a lot of people, like, checking in. Killian and Miriam and Nessa and this one's brother all come off the stage. Fee turns to Ilva and says, What? What's going on? And Ilva says, Eh, big kits. Aw. No. Is very dangerous. <laughs> we have to go. G- go? I mean, so what, this has all just been a waste? It's it's over? The games are over? It, we will reconvene it tomorrow after Kit has moved on. Wait. As you say wait, Fee says, oh no. I look over at this one's brother. I point at him. You are a man of honor, yes? This one's brother looks a little offended and just, like, raises his arms, pounds on his chest a little bit, and he goes, Of course this one is man of honor. 
how great of a deed would it be if someone were to slay this cat? He looks like he's thinking for a second. He goes, would be greater deed than slaying a raccoon? All the answer I needed. Fee, you game? To to go fight a giant cat? Well, we fought a couple giant crocodiles and nobody died. Fee hesitates for a second. She says, point taken. Yeah, you know what? Fuck it. All right. Let's go commit a great deed. This one, Ilva, you two can't help us, can you? This one says, uh, we cannot. We have to help evacuation. Okay. Two little elves versus one big cat. I'm afraid to sound overconfident, but we face down worse odds, right? Fee groans loudly and says, Why do you say things? <laughs> We're gonna get fucking killed. I start running for the mouth of the tree to see if I can get a visual on this cat as people are running away. You see, stalking close to the tree, this massive, silvery gray crag cat. It is, I would say, a good 20 feet tall at the shoulder. Oh. That's a big cat. It stops, and its jaws hang open for a second. And you see its razor-sharp, giant teeth gleaming in the sunlight. And Fee, at your shoulder, says, Yeah, I think we got this. And that's where we're gonna wrap this week. (laughs) I'm so tired of fighting giant, horrible animals. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) I don't know how fine it is. But we'll find out next week. On Compelled Duel. Hey everybody, Barry here with the postscript, just clearing up a couple housekeeping things here at the end of the episode. As always, I'm going to go ahead and plug all of our social media pages. You can find us on Twitter, Tumblr, and TikTok at Compelled Duel. You can also find us on TikTok at Compelled Duel Audios, where we post audio snippets from the show. We have a lot of other cool stuff that you can access if you feel like it. We have an official website, an official Spotify account, all kinds of cool stuff there. You can find all of that linked on all of our social media profiles. If you're interested in supporting the podcast, we ask that you consider heading on over to patreon.com slash compelled duel. That's where you can get a lot of access to our patron benefits, such as early access to episodes, access to exclusive Spotify playlists, and even things like handwritten wax-sealed letters from your favorite character every month. If you'd be interested in supporting the podcast in ways other than pledging to our Patreon, we ask that if you listen to us on Apple iTunes, you go ahead and leave us a rating and a review. That's going to help us get promoted to a wider audience and grow our listener base. 
Additionally, as always, word of mouth advertising is the greatest tool that we have available to us right now. If you're enjoying what you're hearing on the podcast, just go ahead and tell three friends about it. And if they like what they hear, ask them to tell three friends as well. Our next episode is going to be dropping on Friday, July 9th, 2021. Or if you are a member of our Patreon, you will get early access to that on Thursday, July 8th. Thank you guys so much, and we will see you next week.